Welcome to Bedtime Fairy Fails. I'm Kim. This story was made possible in part by the live play D&D podcast, All D20. We'll tell you a little more about them after the show. This story comes from Sandpiper's Jackal. In this story, we'll hear about one of those rare instances when a spell does exactly what you want it to do, which is great news for our heroes and terrible news for the werewolves trying to kill them. This is... The Greased Werewolves Incident. Once upon a time in a land called Barovia, a party of heroes were making their way through some catacombs. Presumably for a quest, but who knows? Maybe they were just maze enthusiasts. Let's meet our wandering heroes. First, we have Sir Devin, a sturdy, duty-minded paladin. Belle, the wily rogue whose main interests lie in trying to smuggle things out of the country. A ranger named Ellery, who had a huge grudge against Count Strahd von Zarevich. And finally, a wizard named Eugenia, who specialized in utility spells. As the heroes make their way through the winding, creepy tunnels, they can't help but feel like they aren't alone. Ellery says, Man, this place is giving me the creeps. Don't worry, says Sir Devin. I'll protect you from the dead bodies, should they attack. It's hard to tell if he's serious or not. So Ellery says, I can protect myself, Devin. Sir, Devin. <sighs> Sir, Devin. I wasn't really worried about them attacking as much as just being in a creepy, gloomy maze full of skeletons and bodies. It's just creepy is all. Just then, the party hears a noise from up ahead. They all freeze and wait. Pretty soon, they see a whole pack of werewolves coming straight towards them. Upon seeing the werewolves, the party immediately prepares to defend themselves. They draw their weapons, prepare spells, and raise their shields in anticipation of the fierce battle to follow. However, before anyone can attack, Eugenia says, Wait a minute, guys. I have an idea. They can't attack if they can't stand up, right? And in an absolutely inspired moment of brilliance, Eugenia casts the spell Grease directly under the tightly packed pack. Now, the spell itself is pretty self-explanatory. You create a patch of slippery grease on the ground in a spot of your choosing. And as one would expect, it's very difficult to stand upright in grease. So the werewolves all immediately slip and fall in perfect sync. They attempt to stand up again, but their feet just keep slipping and sliding around in the mess, preventing them from getting their footing back. The party watches for a moment, amazed that this is actually working. They watch as the werewolves try again and again to stand up, and every single time, they fall back down hilariously. Imagine a pack of werewolves trying to stand up on roller skates. They look only slightly less ridiculous than that. 
One of the werewolves lets out a growl as he tries to stand up again and says, You just wait until we... Get over there! We're gonna rip you... Limb from limb! A couple of party members chuckle at the weak threat from the slipping and sliding werewolf. Ellery pulls out a silver dagger, gives a little smirk, and says, What if we come over there instead? The rest of the heroes follow her lead, pulling out their own silver-tipped weapons and walking towards the still-sliding-down werewolves. They start prodding and stabbing at the beasts with their weapons, being extra careful not to accidentally step in the grease themselves. One by one, they take them down. No! Stop! Cries the same werewolf as before. You can't just... You can't pick us off like this. It's it's an unfair fight. Where's your sense of... Sportsmanship! Sir Devin seems a little taken aback at this comment, but Eugenia eases his guilt, saying... Hey, they were coming to kill us. Outsmarting them doesn't make it unfair. Sir Devin nods in agreement and goes back to stabbing at the flailing werewolves as they struggle to get upright. Eventually, all the werewolves are defeated and lay dead in a big, slippery, gross pile. Everyone rushes to congratulate Eugenia on her quick thinking. Brilliant. I can't believe that worked. That was very smart indeed. And thus... Thanks to a utility spell, what could have been a truly harrowing encounter for the wandering heroes of Barovia turned into a humorous tale that became known throughout the multiverse as the Greased Werewolves Incident. The end. This is another story from Trevin, with credit to his amazing players. In his last story, we heard about how the party struggled to get along with each other. But in this story, we'll hear about how one dwarf struggled to get along with a big scary bouncer. This is... Two Foes, One Mug. Once upon a time, a party of heroes had just made it into the city of Maylene and were looking for a place to stay. Unfortunately, every tavern they come across is overcrowded with traitors and ruffians. Just as they're getting ready to give up, they find a suspiciously quiet tavern called the Grumbling Giant. Let's re-meet our tired heroes. First, we have a half-elf ranger named Vesrin, a dwarf fighter named Belmere, Keela, the human cleric, and the human bard named Jonathan. Upon entering the tavern, they're greeted by a very large man with a huge smile on his face. Welcome, friends, to the Grumbling Giant Inn. The name's Gavin, and I own this place. Let me get you some food in a room. The heroes accept and have a seat at one of the tables to wait for their food. It doesn't take long for the man to bring out four bowls of delicious hot soup for the heroes, and they quickly dig in. As they eat, they start looking around the tavern. They see mostly commoners, but they also see a few mercenaries and some city guards. And off in the corner alone, a figure in a hooded gray cloak. The figure was gazing around the tavern from under his hood and sipping an ale, but not much else. That's when Belmere pipes up with... This soup is subpar at best. I'm going to go talk to the manager. Oh, come on, Belmere. The soup is fine. Stop looking for trouble, replies Keela. No, 
I will not eat this slop! Sir! Sir! Yells Belmere at the tavern owner. Belmere? Cut it out! There are guards everywhere! Snaps Vesrin, but it was no use. Belmere the dwarf was determined to start a fight with Gavin. How dare you serve this to me! I'll teach you to serve me mediocre soup! The rest of the party sits nervously as Belmere jumps to his feet and rushes over to the owner. He grapples the poor man as Gavin says, Ah, really? There's no cause for this. I can make you more soup. But Belmere is unrelenting. The other heroes look around anxiously at the guards and other patrons in the inn, but are surprised to see everyone is simply watching. No one makes a move to help. And in fact, several of the guests are even smiling as they watch. Suddenly, the cloaked figure from the corner appears next to Belmere, seemingly out of nowhere, and places a calm hand on Belmere's shoulder. He never makes a sound, but his message is clear. Stop this. Belmere the dwarf quickly releases Gavin and turns his fury towards this mysterious person. Oh, you want to go? says Belmere as he draws his fist back to swing. Take that! Just as Belmere swings, the cloaked figure slams his right hand into the dwarf's face, sending him into a peaceful sleep. The man then turns and goes back to his seat in the corner. Kela rushes to check Belmere for injuries as Jonathan apologizes to Gavin over and over for his friend's behavior. Vesrin, though, watches as several guests around the room exchange coins. Damn, lost again. There isn't a soul who can take that man. The silent guardian of the giant remains undefeated. Gavin the barkeep turns to the party and calmly reassures them that there was no real harm done, save for Belmere's face, and allows them to stay at the inn despite this incident. Belmere sleeps the rest of the day and the entire night before finally waking up the following morning. He remembers the humiliation he had suffered at the hands of the bouncer and bounds down the stairs to look for the cloaked figure. He finds him sitting in exactly the same corner as the night before, just watching over the tavern. Belmere stands there and glares at the man. The rest of the party was already in the tavern, and Jonathan chimes in with... Round two, then? Upon hearing this, Vesrin quickly counts his gold and starts walking around to the other patrons, placing his own bets. Guys, this is ridiculous, says Keela. Can't we all just sit down and have a nice breakfast? Despite her discouraging remarks, Keela also begins sneakily counting her gold. Belmere stands unmoving in front of the bouncer for ages, not saying a word, just glaring. He knows he doesn't stand a chance in a physical fight. But then he has an idea. He runs over to the bar and asks Gavin for an empty mug. Gavin is a bit confused at the request, but complies nonetheless. The rest of the party watches in confusion as the dwarf takes the empty mug and runs off giggling up the stairs. It isn't long before he returns and walks over to the bouncer with the now full mug and slides it across the table. A drink for you. <laughs> the bouncer ignores both the drink and the dwarf, and Belmere returns to the party, chuckling to himself. You really got him a drink? Asks Vesrin suspiciously. From where? 
Oh, you could call it a drink. A drink from my heart to such a fine fellow. Cries Belmere. And what kind of drink is that? Asks Keela skeptically. Belmere laughs and says, Oh, let's just say the outhouse around here is a little bit too far away from me. The party goes silent. Finally, Jonathan says, He'll kill you. You know that, right? Nah, this is our game now. If he kills me, he loses, and I win. It's a battle of wits. The group groans at his answer and heads out to do a quest. When the party returns later that night, Belmere excitedly rushes in to see the mug still sitting untouched in front of the bouncer. What's wrong? He asks. Not to your liking? (laughs) Belmere continues laughing all the way up to his room. The rest of the party offers apologies as they pass the bouncer, hoping to avoid his wrath. But the bouncer never moves or speaks. It's as if he can't even see them. So they all head up to their rooms for the night. The next morning, Jonathan wakes up first and begins going room to room, banging on doors to wake everyone up. Bessren comes out cheerfully, and Keela comes out still rubbing her eyes. But Belmere's door remains closed with no response. They continue banging on the door and shouting for him, but to no avail. Jonathan goes downstairs to ask for a spare key to the room, and while there, he notices the bouncer still in his seat, observing the tavern. But the mug Belmere left was now gone. Meanwhile, Belmere awakens to the sun in his eyes. He thinks to himself, This is odd. There's no windows in my room. He grumbles as he wipes his eyes and feels a weight on his chest. He reaches down to grab it. A mug? I didn't bring a drink to bed. He mumbles sleepily as he turns to put it on the nightstand. Except instead of placing it on a nightstand, he hears a thud as it drops to the ground. Finally, he fully opens his eyes and realizes he is three stories off the ground on top of some random building. What in the seven hells? He screams in confusion. He peers over the side to see the mug laying on the ground below. He carefully climbs down the building and picks up the mug to inspect it. He's greeted by a horrendous stench and an image in his head of the bouncer laughing at him. The end. Thanks for listening. If you like D&D podcasts, which clearly you do, be sure to check out one of our favorites, All D20. You can find them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. To submit a fail, visit our website at bedtimefairyfails.com or message me on Instagram or Facebook. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook as Bedtime Fairy Fails. 